0: This has been dope. I've had such a good time kicking it with Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Likewise, bro. This has been cool. Yeah, what's, what's up, up, man? So
1: I just heard you for the first time this morning. I was Word. really it, really digging Thank it. Thank you, bro. Give me like an
0: old school Mac Miller vibe. Did you grow okay. up listening to Mac Miller oh, at all?
1: Question. Um, I definitely fuck with Mac. Um, I guess I could kind of see where you're coming from with, with like the vibe thing, older records. Um. New
0: question. Does that insult you? Uh, I mean, no, no,
1: like, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. Peace, peace, y'all, this is Sneeze, a whole lot of clam shit with Liner Notes, River City Demos coming soon.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Liner Notes. Today, we are talking with hip-hop artist Sneeze. In 2020, he became a staple of Richmond rap when he dropped the first big project of his career, Self-Titled. We got to sit down with this dope Richmond rapper and talk about why he has such creative visuals, what his new album, River City Demos is gonna sound like. Stay tuned for what he calls Sneeze splinations. I honestly learned so much about being an artist, being a creative and pushing yourself while I got to talk to Sneeze. so I hope you guys enjoy it. Stay tuned for the full episode. He also has amazing hair. They were great sandwiches. You, you missed out. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. There man. might be a sandwich yeah, down there. out oh, okay. yeah.
2: right.
1: of Damn. Well, Subway Party sucks. Hey, look. I'm not mad at Subway, bro. Subway is there for me when I need Subway. When I, it, when it's like, where else do I go? And it's McDonald's or Subway? No, Subway uh, every time. Yeah. Subway every time, bro. Well, yeah, no,
0: given those two choices.
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a fact. I wouldn't pick Subway over, like, sandwich society, obviously. But fucking Subway is... Don't sleep on Subway. It's like six dollars, and you get all of this fucking food, the carbs, you keep you going for the rest of the day. I'd be in the studio, eat the Subway, like, oh fuck, I'm back. Okay, make like fifty more songs, and then you know.
0: What are you getting? Like, uh, you getting full subs yeah, and then leftovers yeah, for later?
1: Look, you gotta, because it, then why the fuck are you at Subway otherwise? You know what I mean? If you don't get the, you get the foot long, you, you take care of the first half, handle your business, and then you're like, okay, it's my saving grace for later. The worst part is when you're banking on that that second half of the sub, and then you you get back to the crib and it's it's gone. It's gone. You just so
0: you leave a tear. whole you leave a whole second half. It's not like a sec uh, last third or something. That you some, it
1: depends, bro. Sometimes I crush the whole thing, man. You know I got a fast metabolism, bro. If I don't eat hella food, I, I look like I'm a hundred pounds. Relatable. relatable. <laughs> word. Yeah. Word. Relatable.
0: Yeah. Now, what's are you a combo dude or, or just a sandwich guy?
1: Uh, I mean. What I see, I'm all about saving the bread. Okay. So as you get bread, it, word. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Give me the flatbread, right? But, fucking, yeah. No, I'm not getting the combo. I got juice and chips at the crib, bro. I'm not fuck you in. Or I'll hit the the corner store, and when I go get my roll ups and shit, I'll be like, look, the chips here are 99 cent over at Subway, a buck 50 for half the chips. You smoking dick? There's no way. Bro,
0: you're frugal as fuck.
1: I try, bro. I try. You are frugal. I put my albums together. I put music videos together that people think we spent like all this bread on less than $100. Just my mind. How do you Me make that, that, that happen? Because,
0: I mean, we're talking about aesthetics here and how things look. Like, how do you take a video from, all right, it's in my brain to now we're putting it out there for 100 bucks? you know what I'm saying? And it looking yeah. like it does.
1: I think it just has to do with knowing what we're capable of. Because early on, I I had a lot of problems with trying to create this vast supervision based on what I was inspired by, and at the end of the day, I don't have 20K to fucking throw into one music video. I I can't do that. But, as working with Max over time and becoming better as a director, I kind of started to understand little DIY things, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at tips and tricks from other directors and shit, and it, it was just... Figuring it out, being creative. Not being afraid to do something that might look stupid, but could look cool. And then you know, knowing how to spend the least on it. Like, all right, do we really need two people? Or can Jacob play two different guys in the same video? You know what I mean? And just add it up that way. Goodwill for the props. I'm not going to fucking Amazon and buying uh, let me spend $60 on this. Episode. Fuck no, man. $4 for a shirt, $2 for a pair of pants, and then the hat is a dollar. Boom, he's a mailman in the EDD girl music video. We're locked in. <laughs>
0: That's how you do it. How, okay, at what point, okay, so you're creating a song. How long after you make the song do you start plotting visuals, or does that kind of pop into it?
1: Uh, I think it depends on the record, because for, and then the project too, because like for instance, Um, when I look at stuff off like the number four EP, Mm -hmm. that whole era of my life was just based on growth and figuring out, look, bro, just because you're in said agreement with said person on said paper with whatever contract doesn't mean they're going to do everything that you feel like they're supposed to do or vice versa. And ultimately, it's it's really up to you. Somebody told me something really cool, not to get off track, but he said that music is like punching rock. You're going to punch rock for a long time, but eventually that, bro- that rock is going to break. And then you go up, the water floods, you get the bread, you do what you need to do. So I say that to say, I thought early on with all these crazy things revolving around me, you know, motherfuckers really kind of found me when I was, I was 17, I'm only 19 now. But I, I was so green, I knew nothing. And it was kind of like, well, I guess you guys just broke the rock. But in reality, fam, you still gotta keep hitting a rock. So I say all that to say, with projects of recent, up until more recently with what we're planning right now, it was kind of like I had to double back. It was like, motherfuckers like, oh no, don't do that, cause we'll do this, but then they never do that. And it's like, bro, I could have just did this in the first place. You know what I mean? So with like EDD Girl or Cyrax, the project had been out for a while, but I noticed the fans were really engaging with those. Yeah. So I was like, alright bruh, let me just make some cool music videos. Sleep, yeah. And it also helped too because if you put out a project, the world might not have heard that song, but you put out a video and then a little bit of bread behind it. A brand new song. You know what I mean? It's only it's only old to us. It's new to everybody who hasn't heard it.
0: Yeah, dude. so let's talk about that for a minute because that's the thing that I think about with, like, music is everybody wants, like, new music, new music, new. Yeah. And I think that that came from, like, the mixtape era of hip-hop where mm. it was like, you need to put out music every week because Lil Wayne was dropping that's a, fact. a whole 35-song mixtape every eight <laughs> and a half hours. So I think, like, people got into, like, that quickness of that it could be produced that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also, like, us as a society with, like, and we'll get into it, like TikTok and these quick attention span yeah. things. Like, I feel like we move on from music too fast. So how, how do you as an artist like slow that clock down and let somebody sit with some yeah. music?
1: I think that's something I'm really learning right now. I, um, I recently made my first attempt at a, a single run. And what I noticed is stuff like that, at least from the way I was doing it, I probably could have planned it better. But it only works if... You have enough engaged people, which ties into what we can talk about, the thousand fan theory that me and John Sway have been working on really heavily recently. But like for me, it was just too much at once. People are like the core fans. Yeah, they're catching it. But other people are like, okay, why do I give a fuck about it if you just put out something this week and next week? It turns oven content into microwavable shit. And it's like, why would I why would I empty a whole clip of ammo? Why would I do that to myself? So, to slow down the clock, I think it's important to realize, like, when you think McDonald's, everybody knows. Everybody (laughs) knows. I refuse. You know, but, and sorry, uh, we don't own that. You know what I mean? But uh, (laughs) fucking, I think it comes down to being able to, to do that with your brand and with your music. To, to make it mean more than just, oh, this is something that's out. Because McDonald's isn't just the sandwich, it's the whole aesthetic of McDonald's. It's the brand of McDonald's. It's, but ba Excuse right. me. But the gimmick, the, the things that tie it together, and I think something that, as artists, it's logical, but it's just not the truth anymore. We think if we put ill-ass music out, it's gonna work. And of course it plays a part, but once you get to a certain point of the, the quality of the music where it's like, okay, this could blow, just worry about the content. Because the, the, nobody gives a shit. The audience isn't stupid, but they're lazy. We have so much stuff. Why would I work hard to find your song? I'd, I could listen to the baby if I wanted to. Why do I care about Sneeze? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's about, I think, making them care, extending it, and not, not putting out too much. Because if you do put out too much, it's just... You water down your shit. You, you know? feel like it like it
0: loses the value of, of somebody saying, like, oh, I want to check that out, but, uh there'll be another one. Or, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: I'll just catch him on the next week. You're not making a big moment, you know? And the reason I had tried to do this single run is because I noticed I was making these big realms around the videos, you know. Rodney was introduced... You know, shout out Rodney, <laughs> if anybody knows him. Um,
0: Squirrely guy, Rodney.
1: Word. You know, doing all these big realms around the videos and the songs. But it, I was stuck at a point like, what do I do next? How do I keep the realm going? Star Wars didn't stop after the first scene when you're like, oh, my God, this is Death Star vibes. We know what's going on here. You know, they kept building the world. The universe mm-hmm. got bigger and bigger. And I thought that if I was like, fuck it, I'll just flood them. That'll create the universe. But it doesn't. It doesn't, because it's like throwing a bunch of one-liners into the middle of a comedy special. It's like, bro, where is the continuity? Where is the things to tie it together? It doesn't build. So I think, I don't know. It's just up to, to webbing it together better. Chasing you, yourself.
0: Do you find that same kind of... Uh you know, that, that going hard all the time versus kind of building and contextualizing some of that, does that also play a part in, like, lyricism as well? Because, you know, there are battle rappers who I feel like could end careers every line and do, but they just put them together and there's no... A lot of times, like, it misses, like, that cohesiveness. Like, do you ever kind of feel like that when you're putting together your your verses? Or, or how, how do you put together your verses, actually?
1: Well, how do I put together my verses? Um it depends cuz i mean i do a lot of different kind of shit you know a lot of people know me as a rapper plain rapper river city demos is going to change that though it's coming soon everybody but uh i don't know sometimes i'll freestyle the whole thing sometimes i'll classic write it down be feeling every single bar those are for the more you know heavy contents sometimes i'll get on the mic play a beat and be like, okay, that melody was hard. Let me just write some lyrics into that. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I try to look for new creative ways to create them. I've been experimenting with Jay-Z and Lil Wayne's way they do it, just remembering the whole shit and doing it. I've got about five in. I've got about one or two I'm willing to show everybody. Um, but I, I, I think, I don't know. I don't have any specific way. I just experiment, bro. I want to make the coolest shit, but I also... Don't wanna to forget to have fun in the process of making music, you know? I'm
0: Alexander and this is Garrett. I'm we're, Garrett. we're honestly smoked. We uh. found out we lived across the street from each other in college. And we were always cooking stuff in the backyard when jerky came into play. And I had a recipe that I had messed around with. We went in, you know, that top spice, you can see it is bold. There's a lot of minced garlic, there's black pepper, there's smoked paprika, there's cayenne, there's garlic. There's all these great, great things in there that you just won't know. It's so textural and so vibrant, and then you bite into it, and it's like, boom, and it just lights you up. And not to be cliche, but we, we made our product with love. We started this because we both ate a lot of beef jerky. We'd go to the grocery store, and we still do. And we, of course, we still do. Shout out, 3 Notch Brewing. Three Notch Brewing, Collab House and Scott's Edition, our Who Smoked All the Porter recipe that was a companion beer to the mild child jerky. And we were going to try to take that and rummage that into an awesome little holiday flavor for y'all. If you type in here RVA, we haven't made this promo code yet, but it will be live by the time this is... Yeah, you are in the future and this promo code is now live. Exactly. So, so. if you use promo, car, promo here, code... Here RVA, you will RVA. get 25% off your entire order. You mentioned you said the thousand follower theory,
1: thousand with fan theory, Th- thousand
0: fan theory with yeah. you and John Swae. Can you tell me a little bit about that and like what you're doing with him as
1: well? For sure. So, thousand fan theory uh, is essentially the concept of if I have a thousand people who are spending a hundred dollars with me every year, mm-hmm. I'm good. Fuck a label. I don't give a shit. You know, if y'all want to put some gasoline on the fire, that's fine. But if I have proven myself to be able to mobilize and monetize all of these people then the the leverage is just a different level. Mm-hmm. And essentially with the thousand fan theory, that's what we're aiming towards. So been making a, a higher effort to to really create firm email lists, firm text lists, stronger relationships, more personable relationships with the fans. Let's get invested. Sometimes I be getting kind of gassed out of the social media, like, uh, I've overexposed myself. Can I have a second of life? that I don't have to share but it's important though because as artists it's like our responsibility to to let it bleed for the people to see and experience you know and the whole concept behind thousand fan theory is that if we can create a strong enough connection with those thousand people and they will pay 50 to 100 dollars a year we're financially stable off of music just off of that you know, whether that's merch sales, streams, or whatever, and then that can scale to 2,000 fan theory, to 5,000, to 10,000, and you no longer have to worry about, you know, the traditional laws of the way this music shit works. Oh, you have to go through X version of distribution. You have to worry about this publishing. Da-da-da. Fuck that shit. If I have 1,000 people and I say, bro, I'm ready to drop some shit, get your email ready in your PayPal, send me a PayPal, and I'll email you everything, First of all, I made all the bread that night. Second of all, there is no middleman. I'm the plug at that point for my own shit, you know? And that, that's basically the whole concept behind that. Me and Sway, we made a pact, waking up every day at 5 a.m., working all throughout the day, having days where we just, yesterday was our shoot day, so got up early as bitch, shot content the entire day. After I get done here, I'm just gonna edit all that shit, get it all ready, then in October, camera where you at get ready for mad content bro we're about to break we're about to break the internet
0: that, um, that's what you should be doing because you and john swear have seen a couple things that you've put together so far and like i like the visual aspect you guys sound good together it where is he from is he from right here
1: he's from the bronx okay but we actually met when i was 14 in richmond my he was actually the first person i ever recorded with oh wow yeah my uncle pun he um he, we, there, well, when I was younger, I got uh, reached out to about this TV show called The Rap Game. And da-da-da-da-da, things happen how they happen. Um, but we were, like, scrambling. where are we going to find somewhere to record? Because they were like, you need to be recording. I was like, bro, I, all I have is my phone. I've been rapping on Instagram, bro. I don't know about any of this shit yet. I'm 13. But so we found Sway. Um got some work in. Fast forward a couple years, we did the thing, the collaborative for the crown uh, contest with Kato, uh, which actually birthed songs like 88 and Sauce. Shout out to DJ Payne one in Kato, because by winning, we got those beats. But um, after that, we didn't connect too much, like off and on here and there. But recently, um, he just copped a crib closer to where I'm at, Excuse me, the banana's killing me, dog. Sorry, potassium, bro. Right, no, man. We got to keep you gassed up, man. Oh, man. But, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, so we, we've uh, really connected heavily since. We got, got a lot of cool music we've been making. He's produced a few joints on River City Demos, the project. Um, yeah, man, just grinding. trying to Because we acknowledge we might be talented, and we do work hard, but how hard are we really going? Somebody told me that love is about sacrifice, How much are you willing to sacrifice as far as comfort and bullshit amenities that we fill our life up with in order to get what you truly want, what you're truly here for? Right. And I want it bad, dog. (laughs) And I'm about to have a baby, so it's either, look, I'm going to do it, do it, or I'm going to just go fucking work at Costco. And I'll be damned if I'm working at Costco, my guy. Yeah, I mean... I'm here for a greater purpose. You could... I feel like you'd be a great Costco greeter,
0: but you'd be better (laughs) off as a rapper. Yeah, I I think so, too. I I think you'd be better off... (laughs) No, but you're right, though, because it's, you know, we. I feel like we look at these, these choices of, like, how much you're going to put into a dream, how much you're going to do mm. as, as these grand choices, but it, it's a lot of small individual choices. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, like, on any given basis, on any given day, like, you could be choosing to go and, and record all of this footage, all of these things, or you could spend an extra 45 minutes on the couch and get a little less done, like... Is that something you think about throughout the day, like that constant, like, no, I need to be moving? Or, or is it just something that's kind of like in you? I think
1: with the, for a while, it was kind of like a pressure in my mind. Like, you got to be doing something. Because I thought to be productive was to be busy. But it doesn't necessarily always equate. You can be busy all day, running around back and forth, and you're not really completing shit. You're not really being efficient. You're just moving. Mm-hmm. And I thought that meant, okay, I'm getting a lot done because I'm scrambling. But breaking it down and putting it in a schedule, it kind of makes it to where I know what I need to be doing at each segment of time throughout the day. So I don't have to worry about, ah, oh, fuck, man, was I supposed to do that here? That here? nah. You wake up at five, work out, done by six thirty. Do your verse by this point. Da 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 da. And it makes it so much more simple. The shit is hard. But I just keep reminding myself, like, bro, how much do you care about your dream? How much do you really want this shit? Because I can say I want it. I can say all, I can say anything. But it doesn't matter unless I'm gonna do it. But I, I think to answer your question, not to go on a tangent, um, it really, it's really a mixture of both. Because sometimes I'll be really motivated, but I think that's where the discipline comes in. Because there's times I'm not motivated, bro. I started uh, on, like, the Richmond scene with Silk. If you're, you're familiar with Silk Road nah. Entertainment, they aren't necessarily moving and shaking like they were, but there was a moment where they could have done some cool shit, you know what I mean? And they did do some cool shit. I got my legs there. I was killing people in freestyle battles and stuff like that, just figuring out how to perform. You know, that if you would have went to us, It would have just been me walking back and forth across the stage rapping. You know what I mean? But that that's where I really learned. And then I do remember being 17, Radio B picking me up from my grandma's house. Like, come on, we're about to go to a Rap Elite event. Come on, let me introduce you to Nick and Vintage. Let me, da, da, da. And it was it was very helpful for me. But as far as like getting on the scene, I don't know. I just started saying yes to everything. Just trying to stick my nose in everything. But that was probably like 15, 15, 16, probably more 16. Cause yeah, then I dropped my first mixtape when I was 17. You don't need to listen to that one. Um, and some people still like it. they be saying it's their favorite shit, but you know how that goes. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of a lock since then, but I didn't think I really got solidified on on the the Richmond scene until I put Blue out. That, that really helped me. Uh, I think it separated me from like a nerd rapper and turned me more into an artist uh
0: so i came on to you listening to um self-titled that was like the first time that i had heard you on on that album and uh i love that joint i mean some of my favorite some of my favorite tracks on there are like like tightrope i love tightrope were you kind of talking about like to me like when i listen to that i hear you looking at what the future possibly could be and seeing kind of what we just talked about about like you know you could go lazy you could go too hard but it's this fine line that you're trying to walk like you know do you still feel that way looking forward do you still see that same destination in the future
1: um i think the destination has never really changed i think it's all been a matter of how i get there okay um i have moved and grown beyond things at that point in my life but then also entered completely new opportunities that just came up last week and are the biggest opportunities of my life Um, but I think, as of now, if I was to reflect on the person I was when I made Tightrope, the biggest differentiating factor is my understanding that I'm the one who has to punch the rock. I can't let nobody pull the trigger with me, because there was a time when I thought, okay, I'm I'm signed into this situation, I gotta wait for them to squeeze the shit. Fuck that, fuck them. If they're not gonna do it, I'm gonna fucking do it, because at the end of the day, this is my life and I have to be in a driver's seat. I'd rather argue with somebody that is supposed to be on my team or whatever, than fuck up my project. Self-titled was supposed to drop January 21st, 2020. It came out September 20th, because I didn't know how to put my foot down at the point. I didn't understand enough. I didn't realize how powerful I was, all the shit that I can do. And that I goes for any other artist, you know what I mean? But. Yeah, it's still, still the same destination, because we're born to be great, why would I die as anything less, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the means of getting there is different. I'm not looking for anybody to fucking hold my hand or anything like that. Like, even if this amazing opportunity was to fall through, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Thousand fan theories, suck my dick. You know what I mean? Word up. Make that shit shake regardless.
0: What, okay, so what influenced, because you spent like, like four months out in LA, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you were taking meetings and meeting people like, yeah. and, and seeing and talking to people of what they had to offer, like, did that also kind of like steal your resolve to be like, I think I can get this on my own, or, or you know, what uh, was that process like?
1: I think that, well, the person who who exposed me to all of that, big shout out to bro, I'm not going to necessarily bring up his name or anything, but he put me on to a lot of shit. And while I don't necessarily feel like he did all of the right things, I'm sure he doesn't feel like that for me either. But the biggest thing that taking those meetings showed me and things like that was, well, two things. First, turn off your fucking sensitive button in this shit, bro. Because people are going to do things, and it's not personal. They're just looking out for their best interest. And then secondly, don't... There's Nobody is going to break an artist. An artist has to break themselves. TikTok, Instagram, not even really Instagram, more so TikTok, Twitter, this shit is what's going to break an artist. There's No record label is going to hit you up and say, hey, bro, you only got 4,000 followers or whatever, but I fuck with you, so let's go up. No. They'll, they'll probe. They'll say, hey, man, I like what you're doing. Let me lend a fraction of a resource and see what you can do with that. And I mean, that's up to you. That's still a chance. But it's like, why would I even start divvying shit up before I've got my own pie made in the first place? I'd rather make the pie come to you like, look, bro, I don't give a fuck about your bakery. I got the best pie in this bitch. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? So not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, it didn't it didn't rob the the destination because as I'm learning now with with new opportunities, you know, everybody's different. Some people can approach it with no, no sensitivity button on and no starry eyes and be like, look, this is what we really got to do. And I respect that a lot. You know what I mean? But like I said, you know, it's all on me at the end of the day. Thousand fan theory, worst case. Best case, too.
0: Now, actually, we were kind of having the same conversation with like here RVA as well, because it's like, yeah, it's never going to blow national, but do you really need it to? Like, there's enough money in the area directly around you where you can sustain your life if you play it right. And that's basically the 1,000 fan theory.
1: I feel that. I think, though, the goal is still to be worldwide. For sure. The goal is... It's gonna happen. Whether or not it's because I claw and fight my fucking way there and I do my first show in Japan when I'm 40, or whether or not, you know, some folks that I'm working with and I are able to do some cool shit and I get there tomorrow. You know? But... I think that less about limiting like where I can go with it, not, not to misinterpret what you're saying, but like more so just understanding that I have the ability to, to have a level of control regardless of where I'm at. So like, yes, the area around, start there. But bro, supercomputer right here. Where's, he's got my phone. But bro, this shit, more technology than it took to get us to space. Yeah. I can touch everybody right here. Do, 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 do. And how much are we really using these things? I know, motherfuckers probably watch porn more than they use their phones to send out email blasts, to send out text, Little shit. Bro, I'll be accountable. I didn't even have all my shit properly on, on BMI up until recently. Because I was bullshitting, bro. And that ties back in with the thousand fan theory. How bad do you want it, man? It's easy to look like, oh, he's really doing something. You know, especially, you know, being from a a smaller place like Richmond, when I went to LA, a lot of people were like, oh, sneeze is on. No, that's not what happens at all. (laughs) They just let me in the city. Yeah, word, I took a couple (laughs) meetings. I'm not out here like that yet. So I think it's, it's just about the power within. How much can you really do? Type shit. I went on a tangent, my fault.
0: No, you're totally allowed. I like tangents. They usually produce good <laughs> material. <but. laughs> it worked. Uh, anybody else got any questions right now? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah,
1: well, um, what's your relationship with you and Repo? Repo? My fucking brother, man. Talk
2: about it.
1: Yeah, so me and Rep, this is a crazy story. I had been going to this gas station and allegedly purchasing, hypothetically speaking, tobacco products at an age where someone may or may not be legally eligible to purchase tobacco Mm. products. Whispers. And perhaps, allegedly, the person who may or may not have been doing that for me linked me with Rep, and what was crazy is like, me and Rep's moms used to kick it back in the day before me and Rep even knew we existed. How did you and Rep's moms hang out? I, Richmond shit, bro. I don't fucking know. But, so th- they had been coolin' or whatever, but we met through that, through a fucking gas station person who, I guess now I can't say his name cause I just made it all weird. <laughs> but, fucking, shouts out the homie, bro. Shouts out the homie, bro. And, um, fucking, I, I'll never forget. It was like a real hip-hop moment. I went over, and when bruh got off, he was like, yeah, ride with me to my man. He's got a studio or whatever. Really, he could have killed me and took my organs, to be honest. But I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So, One
0: step closer. Yeah, word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I rode with them, and... Then I link rep at the Nottingham Apartments, where we made Self-Titled, where we made Blue, where we made a lot of people's favorite shit. We made Yeah There Too. Um, some of self titles was made other places, though. Anyway, we get there. Like, what's good, bro? I'm Sneeze. Like, I'm rep. I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm 17, 16. I'm so young and nowhere close to the artist I am today. But we basically do, like, a feel-out, freestyle, check your worth on some hit. We didn't even acknowledge this until recently. We were like, bro, we really kind of rap battled when we met. And we sat there and rapped for, like, 45 minutes, just back and forth, freestyle. Like, oh, oh, that was all right. But anyway, I got this shit. Oh, okay, but I got this shit. And then it just evolved, man. Like, me and rap, no matter what happens, that's my dog, bro. We have fucking... Shared the same five dollar thing of chicken, bro, cause that was all we had, and we crushed that shit and then made, fucking fifty songs.
0: Does rep go to Subway?
1: We've definitely had Subway. <laughs> We've split some. We split some subs, some footlong subs, and we was more down bad, man. Yeah. Real shit.
0: That's how you know who your friends are. You split a split a Subway sub.
1: Hell yeah. So has your like artistry kind of developed ever
2: since Rep? Has he had an impact? Definitely,
1: on you? definitely. Rep was the first producer who I was able to work with heavily. Like, yeah. he was the the first person I could articulate my vision of, of Sonics to. And he also taught me how to produce. I'm nowhere near his level yet, but I'm figuring it out. Um, but, you know, I, I remember, even to this day, like, bro. Because he understands sneeze-planations. Nobody else does. I can't explain it to anybody else but him and my homie, Uli. PGB Renegade, shouts out my guy, best engineer in the city, fuck with him, also a great artist. Um, but I'll be like, look, man, I just heard this Final Fantasy sample off of the intro of the game, and I want to mix it with uh, the, me breaking this candy shit. And he's like, oh, say less, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then we, we create that, and I do uh, Michael Jackson-ducing a lot with Rep. So i will be like, oh, it'd be cool if you went, people, what I you, you You know what I mean? You ever seen that video of Michael Jackson, bro, where he's like, well, I just tell the producer, I say, and he starts busting out shit like he's fucking Dougie Fresh. We do a lot of shit like that. We do a lot of shit like that. And um, yeah, rep, rep played a huge role, huge role in, in me developing my sound. He also, even to this day, he's like, when, when I don't feel myself and recognize how ill and, and amazing I am, Rep is always somebody who's like, yo... You know you're a once-in-a-lifetime talent, right? Stop fucking playing games, man. I'm like, damn, you right. All right, let's make 100 songs. <laughs> so,
0: you need those people on your side. Work. You know what
1: this is? like? It's like the Eminem and Dr. Dre kind of mm. vibe going on. If you yeah. count the fact that I'm white, you uh. know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it all counts. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm, just playing, yeah. I'm just playing, bro. I'm just playing. <laughs> I don't know if I see... But I guess I you can see it. I think it's more so just a producer and artist relationship. Yeah. Because when you look at, like... Um, when you hear stories of, of like DJ Mustard talking about his relationship with YG and shit. It's all the same shit. And and I like that too, because it, while, as artists and, and creatives, it's easy to feel like I'm so unique. You know, we are, we're all our own people, but it's like, it's still, it's still a a, a regulated sport in a sense. Like the shit is not that different than you might think. Like when I went to sanctuary sessions, um, recently in New York, working with all those different artists, it was such an eye-opening moment, because it's like, oh, shit, everybody's, well, not everybody, but I'm not the only creative person, it gives you kind of a freedom to be like, fuck it, I'll I'll try this, you know, I'll try this different lane and that different lane, and it, um, it shows that we're not so different, you know,
3: It actually started with my mom. Like, I went grocery shopping with her and was starting to see all of the all the options that are out there. I just was like, yo, like, I can make all kinds of pretzels. I would come up with a bunch of cravings and then start selling them at work. Like, I spent a lot of time like making sure every detail is like perfect. I just knew whatever was gonna come out was gonna be real because like. I sorta I, I live and breathe this like the creations. It was really important for us to be able to provide something for our vegan community, gluten-free community, our sugar-free community. The pretzels are like pretzel ladies. The cake pops are lady cakes. So just kind of trying to pour into that feminine energy and that, you know, I can have kids and still own my own business. Like I can do it all.
0: Do you think that that relationship is important to like, especially when you're crafting like an album or a project? Because as a rapper, singer, songwriter, lyricist, like you may not have the ability to kind of take the instrumentation that you're hearing and Mm -hmm. put it there. So you have to have somebody that also kind of like understands what you're doing. Um, Do you, do you kind of like focus on that when you're putting together projects, like having it sound like a cohesive unit or or like how do you design a project versus a, a rack of singles?
1: Well, I'm still early, so my projects that are out, a mixtape that I made when I got my GED and was working at McDonald's, that was just me figuring out how to make rap songs better than I was, or really to make songs, but then, uh, yeah, EP, self-titled and number four EP, so, excuse me, I'm still kind of developing my understanding of a, a body of work I do think it's very important for it to be cohesive and like a movie and that's what Jesus
0: bananas God man
1: damn <laughs> yeah word I ate some fucking I ate some hibachi bowl yesterday it a greasy ass shit but um it doesn't
0: sit well with the bananas word
1: hell no. Nah. but it um it's definitely important I think River City Demos is gonna be the best example of that because it's a project we've literally been years in the making you know there's songs we made in la songs we made right when we got back even no there's nothing nothing we made before that's gonna make it but it's gonna come out regardless though keep an eye out um but yeah having someone who understands you who understands what your sound is because when i explain uh like the sneeze sound and it took me a long time i think it's a combination of like indie music on some like Still Woozy-esque shit with rap. Like when you think of Detached, you know, whether, even though that's the base form of it, that was like our first version of, okay, this is something we just made, we created a sound. Moving that into, you know, newer records, like City of Rivers, can't wait for you guys to hear that shit, Um, it, it kinda all full circle makes sense. And when somebody understands the direction you're going and the sound, it's way easier than, like, sitting down with a producer, like, hey, bruh, give me some vibey shit. You know what I mean? Because they're just like, oh, okay, 50 beats I made last year. You know what I mean? And it, it definitely helps, for sure. It makes it organic.
0: Word. Uh you, Did you have
2: something? Uh, yeah. Um, so, with this whole interview, I wish I had you around when I was 19. I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> just like... Knowing good work ethic when following your passions, but um, do you have, like, other people who are looking up to you as kind of like this guru guy following Mm -hmm. their passions?
1: I I don't know. I have younger fans that reach out a lot. Um, Like, yo, bro, can you teach me how to rap? Or how do you do this? But uh, I got a little sister, too. I guess I do. I think that comes with the territory. But I haven't you know, had, I, if somebody stops me on the street, they're gonna be like, hey, sneeze, ah. They're not gonna be like, yo, listen, man. How the hell do you get up when you get up, man? You know what I mean? But, that's
0: me now, that's my move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, I, I think it just comes with like, you either do it or you don't do it, you know? And I spent a long time, you know, being good at this shit and trying hard, but trying hard when it was convenient for me trying hard when I was motivated, trying hard when, you know, I felt like the vibe was just right. But fuck that shit, bruh. Like, try hard because you want to win. Try hard because this shit matters. Try hard because this is the most important fucking shit ever. It is. Listen, me, my music and my baby, that's it. Fuck everything else. I mean, obviously not my family and my homies and da-da. But you see what I mean? like. It's a you gotta live on an extreme level if you want an extreme fucking amazing thing to happen. You can't just because I, I I it's almost like floating, man. When when you you're waiting for inspiration or motivation. Uh, fuck that! I would rather swim than float every day. River City Demo is coming soon. <laughs>
0: man. Uh this has been dope I've had such a good time kicking it Thanks, with you man likewise bro this has been cool yeah what's, what's up, up man so I just heard you for the first time this morning I was Word. really liking it really
2: digging
1: thank it thank you bro give me like an old school Mac Miller vibe did you okay. grow up listening to Mac Miller wow, at all question. um I definitely fuck with Mac um I guess I could kind of see where you're coming from with, with like the vibe thing older records um new question does that insult you? <laughs> uh, I mean, no, no, like... You know, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. And, uh, I think, I think as, as a white rapper, you hear, No, no, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're It's like, but you know you hear the it jokes like, oh, Asher Roth, Eminem, Mac Miller, you're like that, Nah, but with Mac, though, yeah, I was definitely inspired by Mac Miller, you know what I mean? I think... My craft, uh, as far as like the modern music, is more of an accurate representation of sneeze. Like, this is me. Mm-hmm. Nobody sound like this. Yeah. You know, and even personally, I don't think Mac Miller sound like me. I was definitely inspired. So there's some things like um, beat selection or, or general vibe, like you're mm-hmm. talking about, that I definitely understand that. But I don't. Eh, I don't really think I sound like anybody. But as an artist, are you really supposed to ever say that? No, no, no. Like, oh, I, I sound a lot like Drake, you know what I mean? Like, nah, but I feel you.
2: Thank you for watching another episode of Liner Notes. Shout out to Sneeze for bringing the energy and the knowledge. I'm smarter already. we like to thank the crew that worked on this episode, Gordy Michael, Jason, Ian, Alex, Ryan, and Elijah. We also had one man posse member for Sneeze, Jacob, in the studio taking all the dope Insta pics. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, Handy Woman Creations with their sweet treats and Honestly Smoke Craft Jerky. If you want to support HereRVA, please go to our website, hereRVA.com, where you can get some cool swag like t shirts, stickers, sweatshirts, and more. Visit the website to also watch the visual podcast, where there's animation and motion graphics giving you some more context, you know, the liner notes. Don't forget to check out your global cool artists. Listen local, make it global. We got one more episode with doe eyes coming up next. If you haven't already watched episodes one through eight, uh, what are you doing with your life? Go back, rewind, start from the beginning. See you in episode 10.